Hello. What's up, y'all? I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. You're listening to another episode of... You, I do. The podcast is telling you how you can have a European destination wedding as a Black bride. So this episode was really, really good because we talked to Chelsea, who recently got married in the beautiful country of Italy. We saw Issa Rae get married there. We saw Jay Ellis get married there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a lot of us think, oh, like when you get married in Italy or, if, you know, or if someone says that they're having a destination wedding in Italy... Like, oh, they got money, money. But we talked to <laughs> someone who is a regular degular around the way girl who had her wedding there. And of course, when you listen, you'll find out how much her and her husband spent uh, to have their wedding in Italy. Yes. Overall, you'll hear about the process of how they even came to have a wedding in Italy, how they were able to execute it how doable it was for them and if that may translate for you she gave us some tips of course gems as always but definitely like if you're in the early planning process or even if you're considering a vow renewal this may be something to consider um we absolutely enjoyed our conversation with chelsea stay tuned We have a very, very special guest with us today. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Of course. Hi, everybody. I am Chelsea Venucci, and I am coming to you from Oakland, California. And I am a former bride, only a newlywed of one month now, just about. That's when the fun begins. Yes. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. (laughs) In Oakland. Oh my gosh, it's such a beautiful city. Mm -hmm. We love it. I went there last year and I was like, oh my gosh. I only was there for maybe a couple hours. And so I was like, I need to come back and like explore. Mm-hmm. Yes. The people call it like real life Wakanda here because there are so many like very successful tech entrepreneur black people in the space. So we, we mm-hmm. love the diversity here. It's like its own little pocket of the Bay Area that's trying to hold out from the gentrification. But it's mm. it's in here. It's where I'm from. So I feel really oh. grounded. Gotcha. So Chelsea, tell us a little bit. Okay. So you said you're from Oakland, but how did you meet your husband? I met my husband off Tinder okay. crazily enough. And I know a lot of people are like, Oh, that's not, un- that's not, you know, that's pretty normal now, but we both weren't looking for anything serious. I mean, I was living in San Francisco, which is about like 30 minutes. Like it's not that far, but I was living on the far end, end of San Francisco. So by public transit, that's like an hour and a half from here to there. And so I remember it was a Friday, Friday evening and I'm like getting out of work. I'm talking to my homie. We're, we're, we're working 
quotation marks we're working at the end of the friday day and um, i'm like i'm gonna flake out on this guy like that's too far to invest i I can't do it i gotta say no and he's like you gotta go just go if for anything else go for a free dinner go for a free beer you never know what's gonna happen and sure enough i came out to oakland and we had a drink and i stayed the whole weekend and then every weekend after that (laughs) every weekend after that until i moved in so you know it worked it worked itself out but yeah we met off tinder we did not think anything was going to come of it. And now here we are. Wow. You were like, okay, all right. I like you. All right. Okay. (laughs) I remember his Tinder profile said nothing too serious. And I joked with him like the entirety of our relationship that that's what he should have inscribed in his wedding band. (laughs) <laughs> it's just nothing, nothing too serious because you know we we try to joke we try to keep it light uh and the times where we're not you know going through it that no that's I love good that, mm-hmm. i'm also a tender marriage so yes i'm i hear i feel you there are more <laughs> of us that are like coming around now and i will say like i think it's there was a cutoff though because most people i know that got married to someone they met off Tinder, they met them like prior to like 2018. <laughs> I feel like everything since then has been just like <laughs> possibly a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, like, I agree. I agree with you on that one, especially because like my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, um, my husband's brother met off Tinder as well. And they got married in 2019. So I think, yeah, that prior Prior to COVID time was yes. when it was possible on Tinder. Yes, because after that, it's just like you got folks out here that are in need of shelter, trying to shack up, trying to date <laughs> the shelter. Fun- <laughs> They're trying to find some place to stay. Oh my gosh, I saw something today. I'm gonna have to find it and send it to you. It's basically this guy. It was a Hinge profile someone posted on Twitter where this guy was like, I have no place to stay. I'm just letting you know, I am homeless. (laughs) But he went on and on about like, he's like, I'm homeless looking for a place to stay. I repeat home, not included. I'm poor. (laughs) Ask about my OnlyFans. I'm starving. I'm currently fighting demons. I have no kids, but I'll trap you for shelter if I need to. And so, yeah, like, this is a reality. He's probably what, at least serious. he was honest. That's what I said. Honest. That's what right. I said. Because I feel like there are a lot of guys out there that are in that predicament, but they're not going to tell you. You're just going to look up and they haven't left. That might have been me, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that that might have been me with all the weekend stayovers. I might have been like, hold up. You have your own apartment, you say? <laughs> but at least, I mean, <laughs> your own one bedroom apartment that's prime real estate right there i was like what rent control you said okay (laughs) but you know what i get that because also you were saying like how far of a distance it was from where you are like so we're in metro atlanta so i can get that i can imagine that's like you live in like Gwinnett or Alpharetta and you're dating somebody that's like a McDonough or like south of the city. So it's like, Ooh, that's oh a gosh, commitment. That is a commitment. Or from like yes. one side of the city to the other. It could be like Powder Springs to like yeah, Duluth right. or something. You know, it's just. Yep. You're right. Cause when, yeah. Yeah. Cause when my other best friend lived in, um, um, in Fairburn, 
Oh yeah. I was like, uh-uh, I gotta pack a bag to come to you. You would and stay over. Like, yeah, heck yeah, I would stay over. Ain't nobody <laughs> driving that that far. Right. Not for a couple hours just to come back. Uh uh-uh. uh. Exactly. Uh And at night? No, absolutely Mm-mm. not. So And the crazy thing is is without traffic, it would have been maybe twenty, twenty five minutes. Mm. But height of traffic or are you trying to catch, you know, bar are you trying to catch just like a lift anywhere? No, nah, it was it was a far it was a trek. It was it was literally like another state over. So I really had to be convinced to come see this man, y'all. <laughs> I get it. I I get it. A thousand percent. Well, we are going to dive all into your wedding story, how everything has been. But first, we're going to play a game of this or that. This game is sponsored by our friends at Flower Moxie. Um, You can save a lot of money with your flowers by using Flower Moxie. So head to flowermoxie.com slash UIDO to learn more. It's everyone's favorite game where we pick between one or the other and we explain why. And because you're our guest, Chelsea, you will start us off. So... This isn't anything too intense, I don't believe, just kind of putting that out there. But to start, would you prefer to have a wedding in Lake Louise, Alberta, Canada, Canada, (laughs) or a wedding in Cairo, Egypt? Oh, that's a hard, that's a hard one. Okay. First of all, I'm so excited to play this game because I'd be playing along with you guys on the podcast, my whole engagement, you know, <laughs> yelling at the pod. I couldn't even yell at the TV. I'm over here yelling at my iPhone. Like, what the cupcakes? Like, <laughs> so I'm excited to be part of this game. Um, okay. Cairo or Canada. I have to say Canada only because my husband's best man, they live in Canada. His family lives in Canada. So we would, for personal reasons, choose Canada. But also because in the summertime, it stays light up there so late. So y'all can really party if you have a wedding there because, you know, it's like 9, 10 o'clock before the sun starts going down. You can get your pictures after cocktail hour. You can just like hang out. You could even have a late night wedding in Canada, especially in the summer because it's so light out. So that would be the logist. That would be like the logical reason why I would pick that. But Shout out to Egypt, yo. I know some really good Egyptians in my life. They make mad good food, so. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Okay, Tania, well, what are you going to do? You already know. I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna have to just go ahead and say Egypt, you know. You know, we need to go straight back to the motherland. I knew it. Know. I knew she was about to say the motherland. <laughs> I- <laughs> you know. <laughs> One time for the LIB out there, but okay. um, <laughs> I, mean, granted, it, I mean, I mean, granted, it's not Liberia, but still, we in the same continent, so right. young, you know, get it, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, because then you can go over there and then catch a flight to another country, and like right. it may be cheaper to do that. See, okay. Mm-hmm. Y'all, that's close to Morocco. I see Chrissy Teigen making Morocco look like the it place. So that's a good point. Yeah, Morocco does look like everything. And I've always wanted to go to Mauritius. Mm -hmm. Totally pronouncing that right. But But, yeah, and you're mm -hmm. all in the, yep. Mm -hmm. Do a little hopping. Yeah. We know someone that um, had a 
like a month long honeymoon in Africa and just pop. Mm-hmm. That's nice. That sounds yeah. really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love that idea. I think Ed would definitely want to pick Cairo, but like Louise looks so pretty. So I would probably say, I think it would depend on the time of the year too. Um, so I'm open to either, but I would probably say like Louise just because it looks so calm and serene. And it looks like a really good place that you could just kind of transition to a honeymoon that's kind of like not too, too popular or not like a known honeymoon destination if we're trying to like kill two birds with one stone. So, right, exactly. All right. So, round two. Would you prefer to buy all your table linens for $450 and then sell them on Facebook Marketplace afterwards or rinse your table linens for $600? That is a lot of money. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we'll talk about my wedding like a little bit later, but like our tablecloths were included in another price. So, I'm, I don't even know how much they charge for tablecloths, but I'm assuming. 600 must be par for the course. So I'm going to say the, just the renting ones. Cause I don't want to be doing all that work on Facebook marketplace. I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying to make friends as they would say on a reality TV show. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to have my tablecloth. So $600 it is. It's worth the extra 150 to just not have to worry about it. I get that. All right. Tania, what about you? So before I planned my own wedding, I would have said I would buy my tablecloths and then resell them. Mm-hmm. However, I don't even like returning stuff. Like when I buy stuff online or in the <laughs> store. So I'm not going to do all that. But then I also learned that like cleaning the tablecloths, depending on, oh, yeah. you know, um, the type of fabric that you actually bought, mm-hmm. like to clean them is a hassle. And you're going to have to take it to a good cleaner to get all the stains out because, you know, AKA people, spending more money. Mm-hmm, AKA spending more money. So, you know, granted you would have spent $400, but after everything's all said and done, you probably would have spent probably close to 300 yeah. plus more mm-hmm. trying to get those tablecloths clean. So mm-mm, I'll go ahead and rent those bad boys and take them right back so they can handle the, you know, the cleaning and stuff. Mm-mm. Ain't nobody got time for that. I At least so I don't. Yep. Strong cosine. Cosine. Mm-hmm. So I am so glad that we could all touch and agree there because I felt the exact same. Like, I just know for me, myself personally, I don't want to do stuff. Like, I want to do as much as is required for me. But if somebody else can do this, by all means, like, I remember early in my planning process, um, someone at one of the venues was like, it's just cheaper for you to like buy the tablecloths versus rent them. You may have like 30 tablecloths, but it's cheaper. And I was like, oh, you know, I think about it. Like, what are you going to do with all those tablecloths? Exactly. (laughs) Like uh, we, we have folks that like some of our listeners are like, yeah, I did that. But now I got all this just stuck in my attic because also Who's to say you're actually going to be able to sell this 
Like you could try, but then you may have someone that's like, oh, well, I'll take all that off you for $400, but you're trying to sell it for a thousand. Let me just not even put myself in this. So yeah, I learned a lot. Cassie taught me a lot. So Cassie's my, or was my previous event designer and Mm -hmm. she broke everything down for me. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, we're just going to rent these and call it a day Mm because no one has time for that. And I'm not going to search online where to put these online at all you can we already did the process because we all three are on the same page because i feel Mm -hmm. like had you asked any of us before we'd be like you know what maybe though but you know no we've been through it we know what it is (laughs) yeah yeah there's so much other stuff to like deal with and worry about when you're planning your wedding that it's like nah somebody else has it Someone who has a whole linen business, they probably have a discounted cleaner. Have them deal with it. Have them deal with it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So round three, for your bridal shower, would you invite your boss despite knowing that you don't actually like them, but you're hoping that it influences them to give you a raise? Or would you invite your middle school best friend that you haven't really been as close to, but you're starting to rekindle a friendship. So you're hoping this is a good gesture. Definitely the middle school friend one, because I I didn't have a bridal shower. I'm not, I think bridal showers are maybe a tad bit one event too many for me personally. Um, But I have had a boss that I did not like very much in the past. And I would tell you not, not with my family around, not with people, you know, whispering (laughs) and doing a little side. I don't, I don't need the extra drama in my life um, at at an event that's supposed to be for me, but a middle school friend, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Like I'm still Instagram friends and like Facebook friends with a ton of people that I knew when I was like 12 or 13. And they're also cute. Like they all have like little toddlers now and weddings. I would love to, have an opportunity to catch up and have a reason to catch up rather than, you know, make it work all awkward and that. (laughs) Makes sense. Okay. Tania. I would definitely invite my middle school best friend that I'm rekindling a friendship with. Yeah, definitely. Definitely her. Okay. Okay. I think I would agree. You know, I just... (sighs) My middle school besties were there. (laughs) Like, I don't have a middle school bestie that I didn't continue a friendship with but if I did probably that person because we're probably in better places in our lives and it's cool to rekindle friendships um when it's necessary so all right we're again all on the same page so for the final round if you went to a wedding expo if you had the chance to pick which service to win so you put your name in one of those hats and, you know, they pulled it out. You won. You won DJ services for your wedding or a, a gift certificate at a bridal gown store. I would pick the gift certificate, I think, because okay. I feel like I don't know. I don't know. I like I feel like a DJ is kind of dime a dozen. Um, like everybody's a DJ now, yo, I could go down to like the thrift shop. I'm going to find a DJ, but like for me to get money off my dress, like I can't really, I can't get that anywhere. Like I can't get that money anywhere else as opposed to a DJ. Like I said, like if you, you know, a DJ, you have a friend who knows a DJ, you can maybe finagle the prices down. You know what I'm saying? And like, you don't need to win any DJ cause you could get the 
you get the friend discount, <laughs> the hookup on a DJ, and it won't matter as much as like getting money off on your dress, which is just it's always going to be a certain price. You can't, sh- you really can't shop around and get like a hundred dollars off at any other place. So I would love that. Would have been nice. That w- I didn't do any wedding expos, but I hear that they're like very fun, and that a lot of people do win stuff because not enough people think that if they enter, they won't win it. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I also didn't do an expo, but I know someone that won a honeymoon, so she had. To- that's what I would really want to win. Like I was hoping that's where you were because I was like, I would want to win a honeymoon so bad. Right. Instead of a DJ. <laughs> why you say it like that a dj (laughs) i know shay like a great dj is great but i feel like i don't know to me picking a dj is not something you do lightly you got to pick the right one because they are going to basically set the tone for what your reception is and i don't want to just pick somebody out would win you know all right so i guess that's kind of my answer like i would do the gown store one but yeah that's that's just how I feel. What about you, Tania? Same. Um, because every DJ is not a good DJ. And you because... know what I just thought about? Mm-hmm. If it's a DJ that's like raffling off their services, they might not be that booked. Which makes sense. And that's me why I named them mm-hmm. Flash by Night. Named... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, at least with a gown store, you can see the type of gowns they have. And even if you don't like it like it you still may be able to find something there like you may be able to use their alterations or get accessories from there or like a second outfit for like you know whether it's the reception or another thing but the dj nah oh it's so funny that y'all say that because i we have a very interesting dj uh story so um, i maybe this is a good segue because we had an interesting dj experience and it sounds like y'all have opinion <laughs> it's about <Go> it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we our dj came with our lights package which was like kind of convenient financially mm-hmm. but we like don't, we didn't get to interview or like find out our dj but we did get to pick our own playlist and so i very early on wanted to do as we will soon discuss, my wedding was, as as the zillennials say, all vibes. So the vibe that I wanted for our, our, like, playlist was, like, I wanted it to build momentum. So, like, I wanted to start off with, like, you know, Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole, like, kind of the slow Ella Fitzgerald, like, slow music. Then build up through the, through the decades with some 60s, do some disco, get some Marvin Gaye, Aretha, all in there in the 70s. We're having a good time. We get into the 80s. We do some Madonna. We do Super Prince. And then now my family's hyped, right? We, 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 <laughs> Bell, Bib, DeVoe, but we, we, we partying now. It's the 80s. We get into the 90s. You know, you, you start to see maybe the older folks trailing off, right? They're going to get their cake. They're doing their thing. We're starting to get turned up little by little. You know, we got the aughts. We relive in our high school dream. We're talking about all the folks, you know, and then we get to the end of the night and we had, you know, it was, it was a little ratchet at the end of the night, but we just built up that momentum over our time and so we made all of our playlists to just play white into one another um so essentially i dj'd 
our whole wedding. <laughs> Essentially, I made the whole thing, but the DJ was perfect at like making sure it was time, making sure it was mixed, making sure the lights were going on, like making sure people were like jumping and it was super loud too. So we, we had a good time, but I understand like if you just let the DJ just go on on their own, you have no idea what they're going to play. You don't know their style. You really have to get to know them. But I, I felt pretty confident and that like I had been to enough weddings where I'm like, all right, here's how to like keep building that vibe, keep building that momentum. Because when you start off, people are so awkward. You know, people just don't want, don't know how to dance. Even at black weddings, like people are just like, all right, like I'm just finishing my abs or I'm just like, I have this drink in my hand. Like I can't, you know, get on the dance floor just yet. I need to like wait until everybody's on there. So like by starting really nice and slow, we all got our slow dances out of the way, all the sentimental stuff, you know, that was good and golden before we just kept, kept moving it up hyping it up it was great that was a that was a good thought yeah but i will say that not all djs are like that because we have some djs that are like no you can't just tell me what to play like i just go off of you know like i create the playlist you can give me a couple songs that you want to play but you are not going to dj this whole thing for me because i'm a true dj so they're not gonna like allow you to just give like okay i want you to play this 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 mm-hmm. and this and then i want you to play this this and this this because then they're going to be like well you can just take the ox cord, <laughs> do it you know? yourself. yeah <laughs> do it yourself um so i will say that djs are very they're very sensitive as they should be as they should be but if you can't dj you need to know when you can't yes like i've been to weddings where the DJ was just horrible. Like these are black weddings where they have a black DJ and ain't nobody on the dance floor because the DJ doesn't know how to. That was my fear. That was my like, biggest. Fear. You gotta know, like you were saying, building momentum. You gotta know which songs like do that, and then you gotta keep riding that wave. But yep. if you like, you can't go from like swag serve to like she got a donk and then play like. Faith Evans, like all over the porgy or something, or yeah, yeah, like something that's just like, what? How do we get? Like, what are we doing? And then now people are like going to sit down, or they're going to get a drink, or they're just catching up with friends. They're not dancing anymore because you done messed up the vibe. It's looking embarrassing, to be honest. Yes. I was really worried about it. I had a lot of anxiety about it. So yeah, it was, it was, I was glad to have kind of like the idea in my head to like guide the DJ, Mm -hmm. but for other reasons too, like I didn't know how much American music the DJ would know and like how much of it would be just like the very corny standard, like wedding songs and which would be like actual like songs that people that I, like my friends and my family would dance to. No, that's real. We're all apparently music people. <laughs> Actually, like you, you looking like you don't want to. <laughs> it's so stressful to even think about because it's like if you are one of those brides that prioritize the DJ because like that was one of the important vendors for you because you like music or you have a certain feel you wanted. That's just like it could just go so left. Ugh. Mm. Mm. Ah. I hate that. And it's like after you spent so much money on this wedding for the DJ to just play the same song four times in a row. That would drive me insane. Like, I would have walked over to the DJ booth and been like, what the bleep is going on? That's terrible. Because why am I hearing this song? Well, yes. We want to know all the things. So 
we have questions. You and everybody else. You and there are so many questions. It's so funny because there, of course, there's like so many stories to tell. But like, you know, the first thing people ask you when you tell them that you're, you know, you're getting married is like, well, where are you getting married? Right? Like the first thing out of there, where are you getting married? And it is. It was very hard to stay humble and grounded when the first thing out of your mouth is Italy. <laughs> it was very hard because and because people are interested and it sounds like this big romantic, you know, extravaganza. And I'm like, it is a wedding, just like any other wedding. It it, it sounds much bigger than it really is. And um, you know, there's a story behind it. My uh, fiance and I, we got engaged at the start of 2021 and we had known kind of like, as we were coming out of 2020, I knew the engagement was coming. I knew it was kind of time. And I, you know, I realized that all these brides are canceling their weddings. I mean, just like month by month by month, you know, people are realizing they can't get married and we're, you know, turning the corner into to 2021. And I was like, babe, like we should probably get on this. Like, I know you haven't proposed just yet, but like, we got to get on this. Cause this is, this is a different situation than we thought we would be in um, when it came to like planning our wedding. So we started planning. Of course, we did like, you know, I'm listening to every podcast. I'm a type A bride. So I was listening, reading, journaling, a whole thing. Um, and we looked at like what the average wedding would cost here in the Bay Area. And the average wedding cost in the Bay Area is about $37,000, which at the time we were like, Whew, okay, that's a lot, but we could probably pull that off. But it would have just been for one day. And we kept seeing venues and we we're like, they're eight, nine, ten, dollars $11,000 to keep climbing up. We knew that all of our family would have to come here to California anyway. We uh, ran into a lot of like music ordinances. So like music has to stop by 10 or 11. And we were like, but if we don't start the ceremony till like three or four, like that doesn't give us a lot of time to even dance and really see people. So we were starting to think we were like, all right, well, my uh, my husband, he is first generation Italian on his father's side. And so all of his aunts and uncles and cousins and second cousins, they're already out there. And we were just like, well, what would the price difference be? You know, would it really be like a lot more expensive? Because as soon as you hear destination wedding in Italy, you just think to yourself, that's a hundred thousand dollar wedding. Like there, I don't even need to ask any questions. That's a lot of money. It's not for me. You know, we see the, you see the girls on Pinterest and brides, that kind of, all of this stuff on Instagram. And you're like, that just looks like it is for someone else. And so we, we started to do the research and we realized, wait a second, is it cheaper to get married there? You know, is it cheap? We could not find like even, even a, even a partial planner in Northern California starts at $5,000. Partial partial so we were like looking and in italy we could get a full service provider for thirty five hundred dollars in american dollars mm. so we were like all right cool all right so all right so that's cheaper we start looking at venues we're like all right you know a venue in america anywhere between like what seven and ten thousand maybe you find a little less depending on your budget maybe a little bit more if your budget allows it our venue now will be very transparent with money because it's important to me for people to know that like you know when I say I had my wedding in Italy, it really was not so much more than having my wedding here. It was a lot more for our guests, but it was not a lot more for us from a financial standpoint and just from a planning standpoint. It, it had a little bit more here and there, but mostly it was just the differences of the culture. Um, but our venue was like $3,000 a night, full venue out in the Tuscan countryside, just the full place, all of it. There were 22 rooms, whole thing, ceremonies on location, everything. So we were like, are you saying <laughs> to us that for like just maybe under 11,000, we get this entire place for four days? And they were like, yeah. And we were like, 
we're sold. We're having the wedding in Italy. Like it was, it was, it was, it was so much easier for us to have a bigger wedding. And my husband and I talk all the time about just, you know, we talk about the same thing that everybody's talking about, like inflation and the price of things and like where's cheaper and what's cheaper. And what we always say is like, everything costs the same. It's just about how much you get for that money. So weddings cost between 30 and $40,000. Like no matter what we've had friends that are like, I'm not going to spend more than 15. I'm not going to spend more than 20. And like, for those who get it as close as possible, that number, you know, power to you. I, I love and appreciate your, your, your way to stand by your budget. Right. But for the most part, people end up spending around the same amount, but it's like, what did you get for that amount? You know, did you get a glam wedding? Did you get a boho wedding? Did you get, you know, whatever, whatever. And for us, we were like, let's just have a destination wedding for that same price. Granted that shifts a lot, uh, onto our, our families and our friends, but like for us personally, we're not investing a lot more than we would have invested had we got married in America and we get to do four days worth of stuff. So that was like, kind of like the reasoning that was all the context that went behind it. And we just went about it the kind of same way that most people do. Like we looked for a planner. We went to the not.com. We typed in Tuscany, you know, we, you know, sent off our messages, had our interviews, found a great wedding planner who, you know, was familiar with the area and was kind of like, you know, we've done weddings in Tuscany. We're in Rome. You know, they spoke fluent Italian and fluent English. My husband speaks fluent Italian. So, you know, we felt good. We felt confident with it. But I mean, there are so many other things beyond just getting the planner that like come into play. And part of it, you know, I think for us, the fear was like a lot of my family, especially a lot of my black family specifically had never traveled internationally before. And it's one of those things, you know, when you're thinking about international travel, it always just seems like something some other people do. Like you don't do it, but you see other people do it. So like, you know, it happens where you're like, that's just not, you know, you, right. it's that representation matters a lot, right? Cause if you don't see black people traveling to Italy, then you're not going to think traveling to Italy is for you. But I know a lot of my family was very invested in having an adventure of a lifetime. And that's why we presented it. We were like, this is not just about us getting married. We love that being an excuse for you to come. But we really want you to treat this as the ultimate vacation for yourself that just happens to coincide with our love story. And so it was really nice for us to be able to, you know, for about the same price we would pay for an ultimate glam wedding. So I think just I think all things included just about 60K. We got okay. four nights for our guest. We got a welcome dinner, a rehearsal dinner, our full wedding, our planners, my dress, his suit, like everything that's including everything. So we got everything for that price, which is people are like really impressed by it. like, wow, I spend that much for like two nights, you know, like a welcome dinner and like, you know, the wedding and that's it. But we, we ended up spending a lot of time trying to create this vacation for our families. And then they added on days. So a lot of people we know added on days to the front half of their trip and then met us at the venue or then, you know, met us at the venue and then we're extending their trip to like the coast of Italy. And it was just really special to see that part. We really wanted to blend our families. Like that was really, really important to us. And we listened to a great podcast uh, with Brene Brown called, you know, Intentions on Gatherings. And we realized that we needed to kind of build like, what do we again, the vibes, what do we want it to feel like, you know, because it's right. easy, it's easy to make it look pretty. It's Italy, <laughs> no right, matter what, right. what it turned out beautiful. So that really amps up kind of the wanting to make it be about the vibes, about the feeling, you know, and for us, you know, blending our two families, we didn't know how it was going to go only about 
I'd say about a third of my husband's Italian family know enough English to get by in a conversation. So we weren't sure how that was going to go. We weren't sure just how different facets of, of that aspect was going to play out. And what's really important to explain here is like, you know, people think of European as white. And that mm-hmm. that's because Europeans really benefited, especially those who immigrated here, specifically like Italians and Jewish people and folks, they benefited from their proximity to whiteness. Um, and so here in America, it was like, how close to whiteness can we get to be considered white? But you go to Italy, and even though you're thinking white people, it's it's a whole it's a whole culture, it's a whole society, it's a whole different way of living, a whole specific way of speaking, a specific way of living their lives that is disconnected from what we would consider white culture. Um, and so that was a very important thing with me and my husband just like kind of talking about is like, this is really a blending of two cultures that matter and have their own customs and traditions. How do we do that? How do we have a bilingual ceremony? How do we, you know, how do we explain jumping the broom? How do we find an officiant who's good at both and like understands that concept, you know? And so we were guided a lot by our planners, but we did a lot of research on our own as well um, and just tried to be very again, intentional about every single step of the process. So that's kind of like the high level outline of, you know, an Italian wedding, but it of course had many different folds and and adventures as, as all wedding planning does. Now I have one question because you kind of like sped through this part, you know, a little, (laughs) let me wind wind back. (laughs) Yeah. We rewind. Yes. 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 Let's, Let's rewind back to, now you said your venue was how much? So our venue ended up being about $2,000 in American dollars, $2,000 a night. Um, and then had an additional about $3,000 in American dollars event fee added on top. So we paid for two nights for our guests and then they paid for the other two nights. Um, and then, of course, like we provided them with, you know, all the meals and stuff. Uh, and they were little villas. So like they were mostly like a villa is kind of like an apartment with like three, four five rooms. And so we set everybody kind of up in their own little villa. So, yeah, it was 22 rooms for $2,000 a night. Crazily wow. enough. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like... Like you went through that a little fast and I was like, hold up, hold up. Did she just say what I thought that she said? That's a good deal. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really nice because, you know, it was, it was, it it was out in the countryside. It really was out there. So like it was, you know, it wasn't a farmhouse. It was a nice villa. It it had running water. It's so funny how my family was like preparing to come to like a third world country. I'm like, y'all. We're in Italy. Like, there's a Sephora. <laughs> there's a Sephora. I was like, "Will they have Wi-Fi?" And I'm like, "Yes, they'll have what? Where do you think you're going?" <laughs> so you know, you know, a little like a lot of Black people have never been out of the country, like you said. You know, so when they think of out of the country, you know, you know, because they haven't really done a lot of the research, you know, they probably are thinking, oh, "Okay, well, we're going to be out." You know, like out in a rural part where, you know, the light will stay on for about eight hours and then it will go off and, you know, (laughs) but there are some places where that does happen. Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, like in Africa, you know, there's, you know, like in some of the countries, you know, like the lights stay on for 
you know, a certain time period, then it goes off, but then it comes right back on, you know, the next day. So, you know, like they probably thinking like, okay, well, you know, like where I'm going to be and I got to get a new like phone. I got to, you know, pay for Wi-Fi. Like what am I, you know, so. All of those questions came through and I'm sure y'all can kind of relate to like, I made a very thorough website with like all the, fr- like I was like typing up, like this is how you get to the train and this is, and nobody read it. I was going to say, nobody read it. I'm read pretty it. sure you put so much time into that website for nobody to... They they text you and call exactly. you for the questions. Yeah. And the, yeah. and it's like, this is on the website. Could have copy and pasted that message to all my family. Just like, this is on the website. I had, we got um, the service text my guest, which is the text service that, you know, that you could sign all your guests up for. And it just like mass text them. That was really, really helpful. We were able to kind of like give people the answers to stuff that was being asked a lot in one foul swoop. So like, as people were asking, like, what do we need to make sure to bring? We're like, don't forget, you know, your voltage chargers. and like, don't forget this and that. But we were also able to kind of like keep, those questions from coming directly to me that way. <laughs> Don't mind you, they still did. They still did right, come. Right. Of course, like you it wouldn't be a bride. A it only helped a little, but to go back to the financial kind of side of things is, yeah, it was, you can decide when you decide to have a wedding in Italy, you can decide if you want a venue with rooms for your guests or not. And you could also decide if you want your guests to pay for those rooms or not. So say we had had our guests pay for then their entire stay, that's $4,000 for a villa. You know what I'm saying? For, for a full venue, no cutoff for time, for music time. You have all of it. There's no other people around. No, you don't have to worry about, you know, other hotel rooms, other wedding parties, you know, on the other side of the resort, nothing. It is just you guys. So there are ways to kind of get the price down from even the price that it is. Um, if you do have your guests keep, you know, Chip, chipping in a little bit more, but we wanted to make sure that we tried our best to keep the four days that they were with us as as cheap as possible, <laughs> within reason. Right. Because that incentivizes them more to come in the first place because they're not just coming for your wedding, which is great, but they can explore and they can go somewhere they've never been before and they have enough time cushioned for all of that. Flying from the United yep. States to Italy, I'm sure is a very long flight that, you know, you're probably going to need at least one, maybe two days just to kind of recoup from the travel. So to kind of yep. have that packed on is like, okay, yeah, that's more incentive to like come out there into. It, it's definitely you. for our guest, you know, getting married a little bit later in life, you know, I'm in my very early thirties. My husband's in his mid thirties. Our, our friends are pretty well established at this point. And like, that's right. one of the benefits is like, you know, I think my in-laws were very, <laughs> they were hesitant about whether or not our friends were going to show up. And we were like, you mean our friends that have like tenured positions and like their own houses and like several, you mean those people? Cause like right. those people travel, they have PTO. <laughs> like, I don't know what right. you're talking about. Um, so it was really, it is really nice to, to have a setup where, you know, you definitely do have friends and family members who have, you know, the ability to pay for something like this. And because we let everybody know so far in advance, it gave people time to, you know, save their pennies and, and really make sure that if this was a trip they wanted to go to, they had ample time to kind of save up for it. Um, but it is again, 
it's that excuse because people think about going to these places all the time. People are like, oh, I'm going to go to Greece. Oh, I'm going to go to Africa. Oh, I'm going to go to Brazil. And you talk like that with your friends about all these aspirations of going to all these places. But then like the follow through, you're like, well, when and why and how, blah, blah, blah. But when you have a wedding that you know, like this person I love is going to be getting married there. When else can I say I went to a wedding in Italy? This is the only opportunity I will have to have this type of adventure. It pushes you to want to go. It pushes you to want to put in, you know, the extra five, six dollars, you know, instead of take it extra fry <laughs> out of McDonald's to be able to go. And so we were we were very fortunate um, that our friends and family were willing to make that investment. And so that made it easier for us to make the investment for their trip to be as easy as possible. Now, how many of your friends and family on your side made the trip? And how much time did you give them like in advance? Oh, okay. So our guest count was about 60. So it was a, an intimate kind of event. Only about half of them were from America. An even smaller portion were like just my folks. We talked about it kind of like as we were preparing for the wedding. And then we sent our save the dates out a full year in advance with just kind of some very preliminary details. But my, our website was up and ready to go by then. Like we knew our venue, like we had everything pretty much outlined a year in advance so people could kind of know. Um, mm -hmm. And surprisingly, like I thought everybody was going to buy their tickets like that far. out. I was like, oh, people are going to buy their tickets way far out. It's the cheapest. It was 2021. So flights were still very, very cheap. But the majority of our guests bought their tickets like three or four months before the wedding. So I don't really know how much, you know, it cost. But I think a lot of them like knew this trip was coming and just set up a certain amount. And it was just like once the fl flights are, you know, paid for, we because we were paying for the four days they were there, folks that really were strapped really just paid for their flights and then getting to like where the pickup spot for our transportation was. And that was it. They didn't have to pay for really anything else. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like we created our own all-inclusive resort sort of feeling. Oh, that's nice. It's really, really nice. Yes. So I want to kind of go back. You said y'all jumped the broom. So how did y'all come to, like, what made you both agree, like, this is something I wanted to do? But then also, how did your family feel about that? So, of course, my husband, we both listened to your podcast on Jump in the Broom. He was so excited. I don't even, th I, he was more excited than I was. Like, for me, it's funny how, as, like, Black people, there are certain traditions and customs that now that we're talking as a society about these things, mm -hmm. other people feel excited. It's new to them, but it's not new to you. So, like, right. talking about Jump in the Broom, I'm like, I mean, yeah, that's what people do. They jump the Broom. This is not, you know, like, Juneteenth right. is just a bar weekend right like to us it was not really it wasn't that deep until somebody made it that deep so yeah. for us you know like for me it's just like that is just a cultural custom that most folks do you know to me obviously it signifies that that marriage that you don't need all of this to signify that you guys are married because when it was originated that's what it was it was just the broom and that signified it so we right. you know we got a little broom off etsy i would love to try to look at the seller and shout her out because it was it was really pretty it was like wrapped and had little pearls and beads and so we ordered that um we brought it to italy with us my husband didn't want to ship it like we put it in our suitcase bubble wrapped up he was very concerned that this broom make it there when we interviewed our officiant in Italy, we asked her if she had heard of this of this tradition and like if she knew the custom, you know, all the stuff behind it. She said she did. She said she had performed ceremonies with the broom before. So we were really excited about that. 
And then that was kind of it. Like we had someone lay it down right at the end of the ceremony. We didn't do a big production of explaining it to the Italian family. It kind of was nice to have it just like our, like our thing. You know, my family understood the significance, but it was like a nod to my part of the family that it was just for us. And I really enjoyed that. But we definitely jumped the room. It was so exciting. We, my husband made me practice y'all. Tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> jumping the broom i'm like (laughs) okay (laughs) but your family didn't like trip about it because i've seen like this is kind of a conversation online that it pops up from time to time about like interracial relationships or interracial marriages where both jump the broom and then there's like the but why you know so i didn't I was just curious too, because like I didn't know if like a, a say it, a grandma or like an aunt or something that's like what that baby doing. It's so we. <laughs> I, I'm just very very lucky. Like my Italian in laws are so so accepting, and we did I, like I I had no idea how they were gonna be. I I went to Italy for the first time last year when we went to go look at our venue, so it wasn't like I had a lot of experience in the country. So I was very nervous, but I'm very lucky. My in laws are just like so great. They've only ever shown me love and uh, they're kind of obsessed with me in a way that feels very strange, but they're, they're just really nice people. <laughs> but I think that for us, it, it was, it was more about for us, what that signified and for him, what that signified as far as like his responsibility to honor my identity and like that. And that's kind of what it was. It wasn't about his family stepping into my culture and that like, we, we definitely had moments that were centered on that, but the broom specifically was about him honoring my identity and being able to participate with me in that as we begun our marriage. So let's talk about the vendors that mean the world to black brides, which are hair and makeup basically more than anything. So how was that for you? I think I remember like there were moments like early on. Yeah. Where you like reached oh, out, I think, and was like, Hey, do you know anybody out there? So, there yeah. were moments. It was really hard for, it was like you said, it was, it was very important to me. I had three vendors I knew had to be black women. Mm-hmm. Um, and now were all the vendors that were going to be in the room with me getting ready for whatever reason that felt really important to me. Um, you know, my maid of honor as a proud Mexican American woman, she agreed. She was like, yes, I'm, I'm with it, whatever you want to do. Um, and so I wanted to make sure those three vendors were black. It was very difficult to find a black makeup artist in Italy, surprisingly enough. And I know that there are some, and I think that's part of the difficulty is there is a constituency of black folk in Italy. A lot of them are Sudanese, Northern African immigrants. Um, and so there are black people who I assume provide that service to other black people. Um, but they're just hard to find. And they were, they were not available for me to find through the normal avenues of finding wedding vendors. Right. So even just a Google search, you know, being on somebody's list, England is very diverse. London is very, very diverse. I went there for the first time this year and was like shocked at just how many black people I saw reflected back to me. Um, and there are tons of wonderful black makeup artists in England. I had my pick for sure. I found one that I absolutely loved. I was so excited. I was like, Hey, do you want to come to Italy and, you know, and do this and, and, you know, just for the day, of course, like, you know, um, and, and we will transport you and we will house whatever you want. Um, and she agreed. And, um, and I went all the way to London to do a makeup trial with her and one of my maid of honors at the time. And I was excited. I was ready to go. 
And about two months before the wedding, she emails me saying that she regrettably can no longer do my wedding. Now I, (laughs) I having looked for so long for a makeup artist was devastated. I wish I could not believe, of course, you know, I was salty too. I was salty. I was like, okay, like it's two months before you're really not doing, you know, doing me good here. But she was able to find, um, friends of hers that also do weddings, makeup artists and, and a hairstylist duo. Um, and she was like, I've already asked them if they could go. They said they can, you know, I'm just going to transfer over like the makeup that I did and like the hair I did and all the stuff, you know, directly to them so they could get the feel for how we did for our trial. And like, at that point I didn't have any option, but to say yes, you know what I mean? Cause two months out, even if I could find an American makeup artist who would come with me, they're booked. You know what I mean? We're in the right. middle of weddings, and like there is nothing that I can do except trust this makeup artist who's ditching me. That the makeup artist that she knows are going to do the exact job that I want. So I'm. I was. I was. I was freaking out. Um, and was very lucky to have a conversation with my makeup artist Melinda on the phone. Um, and she was like, "I got you, girl. Like whatever you need." In her British accent, which I will not even try to attempt. But she was very cute, and she was like, "We got you." They came in the night before. They stayed with the, our excess family in like some overflow hotel, and they came in the day and they set the tone. When I tell you they made everything wonderful for me, they were so calm. They were so professional. They were so sweet. And they made me and my maid of honor look amazing. They had never touched my face, never touched my hair. They were so great. Um, And then our photographer was actually also a black female who I love, Mimi. Um, We found her off Brides. She has been one of Brides' top American photographers for the last two years running. And we found her off this list because I literally was just sourcing black photographers off this list. I was literally going through every, you know, I'm rooting for everybody black. I'm like, look at them. I'm like, great. Them, open tab. Them, open tab and just sending every (laughs) single inquiry I could do. And I just did not think that we would get, you know, even a year out, we were not optimistic that we would find somebody at the right price at the right time who'd be willing to travel to Italy. Like there were three things and that, and that, and that was a lot that really knocked a lot of people off of our list because one photographers are not cheap. And I, I really, in the beginning, when we first started planning our wedding was like, I don't care, like whoever, it doesn't matter. I don't need to pay a lot. And then that honestly became like the number one thing that I needed to have was like the perfect photographer. Um, and so we were, you know, we, we picked Mimi. She was so gracious. She came out to the Bay area, did our engagement shoot out here, here in Oakland, which we, we feel very, you know, grounded to it's a part of us. And then, you know, was like, you know, I'll come to Italy for, for this fee. We were like, that's crazy. You'll, you'll come to Italy for this amount. Like we were like, that's amazing. You know, and she came and she stayed with us. She stayed with our friends. She was not just any vendor. Um, she stayed in villas with our friends from college. She went to our rehearsal dinner. She can, you know, we didn't have her eating a vendor meal. That's ridiculous. You know, so she had a place at the table. She had a plus one invite as well. Um, so we really wanted to take care of her as if she was family and it, it, it paid off. Like when I say that, like having all black women around me, just getting ready, having my aunts pop in and out, you know, my mom, everybody, it, it created just like kind of this like warmth of community that I created in Italy. And so it was really important to me that I had that. We all prayed right before we went into the ceremony, just my family, they came down and all of that just kept me, rem- reminded me that I had my family there too. 
because it was so easy to get distracted and like this is an italian event you know our hashtag was like very venucci which is my last name and it was it was so italian it was so over the top and just like every single facet that we had there was just like you know full out and um just the quiet moments that i was able to have you know my family meant even more to me i think because of that i love that especially yeah i feel like if you don't have if you have to select three vendors to be black i think the three that you chose are probably the most important because you want to look good you want to feel good but you also want the photos to reflect that and Mm -hmm. you know like if not then what is this for what can you look back to it was really important to me too because like you i mean when you talk about a european destination wedding i mean these are the weddings that end up in all the publications like these are the ones you see over and over again and 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 brides here are trying to copy weddings that like they can't possibly do it's there (laughs) you know they're like we want we want this flowers and these chandeliers. I'm like, that's not something in America. Like, unless you're ready to put down your every last dollar, that's not something you're going to get there. That's the only thing you're going to get there. So, you know, it was really, it was important that I had people capture that, that aren't, you know, usually represented in that market. You know, if my photographer now gets more destination requests for Europe, like that's good for her. That helps her, you know, she's, you know, here doing weddings and they're all look amazing and great. But like that extra exposure that comes from an international group of folks, you know, my wedding planners, you know, it's so funny. They spent a lot of COVID doing stylized shoots um, and garnering business through that and went viral with a couple. So like when we first started with them, you know, they were just this cute boutique planners and a couple thousand followers. And, you know, I think, you know, the last we looked, they have like 17,000 followers now. (laughs) They're like hugely popular. And so it's like that kind of exposure of her working with them you know and then they are seen by more americans because she's working you know what i mean and so right. it's a lot of working in circles that like normally she would not be in um and so it was it was really important to us to have that representation there and to be able to give her because we love her and we love her work her work more of a platform i love that you even thought about it from that lens because I don't think a lot of us do um I mean I think some are like yeah I want to be in a magazine or oh you know I want my wedding to go viral or something but they're not thinking like I'm possibly giving my whatever vendor another thing that they can show and you know help them get additional business or more eyes on them And especially, like, for you, basically, to have, like, y'all were planning this before we were even aware that Issa Rae had gotten married. Like, when I saw that, I flipped, I flipped out. I was so happy. I was so happy when I saw that Jay Ellis got married in Europe. I was just so encouraged by that because, you know, it's just, but even, even with the European destination weddings are great too, but just destination weddings in in general, like Tika Sumter was on, you know, the magazine cover with her boo and they got married in Mexico. Like, it's nice to know that we can travel because there's so many scary stories, you know, traveling why black is a thing. The thing about having a whole family go is you're with people, you know, it's a scary thing, but like you're with your kin, 
You know what I mean? Right. There, there's safer people, place to be with people than, you know, when you're with your family. And so it makes a big difference in just kind of wanting to go, having the ability to go, because it becomes like this little family reunion of you guys there. And it was really important to us because, you know, so many people say, you know, you got to use your platform to talk about things that matter to you, but they don't know what that means, you know? And to like, think of it, you're not thinking of your wedding as a platform, but it is. It's an announcement to the world about who you are, the values that you and your husband want um the kind of things that you support in your regular lifestyle whether that be you know a sustainable wedding you know one that's lgbtq friendly like whatever you know live your values and like that's what we wanted our wedding to be and we're those that type of people and so for us we used our wedding as that platform to elevate you know folks in the industry that probably you know and i don't want to you know i won't say anything about mimi needing our help because she's doing fine on her own um but to be able to elevate a lot of that kind of her work that was really important and really made a difference for us Aww. y'all are like the perfect client i would imagine um i have don't a wedding planners would disagree <laughs> Because again, I, I'm a type A bride, so I have y'all heard me. I did our playlist. I did everything down to the item, um, and and it was great. It looked beautiful. I was so glad that I was so involved and invested in my own process. But you know, it is all those outside moments that you don't. <laughs> brides will say it's all the moments you don't account for. First of all, there were no non-accounted for moments at my wedding. I thought of everything at that wedding down to like who people stayed with in the villa, what downtime was, where, you know, when it was time for us to go. And the best thing about our wedding was hearing folks say like, I feel so blank. Cause that's what I want. I want them to feel something. I wanted yeah. them to feel so connected or feel so grounded or feel so in awed and inspired by that, where they were, you know, to be there. I think it was, it was surreal for me, but I was so stressed. I couldn't really take it in, but it was surreal to them, you know, to walk out of their villa and be looking at the Tuscan countryside and be having all this authentic Italian food and meeting, you know, Italian people in their language. Like you, I, I wanted them to feel that. And, and to create that and to be a part of that. Um, and that made that made me happier than any picture, any chandelier, any flower, any song, was just being able to have thought about what my family would really appreciate. You know, we didn't do, we didn't do favors, but we did do like disposable cameras for people to take around while they were in Italy. And then we did cards, which was really fun because at the rehearsal dinner, then all of our families played cards together. And you know how black people be about cards. <laughs> I, think, I, think that, uh, I think they were first of all my family's super competitive so that's the first thing but the second thing is they were out there on their patios playing cards so like one two in the morning laughing drinking wine i just like couldn't wow. have thought of a better situation for just blending families prior to the wedding which because the momentum kept building by the time we got to the wedding day everybody knew each other like our families were all chatting, talking about when they're going to come visit each other, who's coming to America, who's coming to Italy. That all was created over the three day time period. So by the time we get to the wedding, it's not just about our love. It really wasn't. It was just about all of us finding love together and this new family and this new unit um, that I think could have happened anywhere. But specifically being in this place made it so much more magical and special. That's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. That's truly oh beautiful. Gosh. Ugh. It makes me want to redo this whole thing all over again. Girl, you another country. get out of my head. I was thinking that too. I'm like, dang. No, but thinking about like, all the reasons why I did local and yeah. like, 
I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm I'm so spoiled cuz I, you know, last week I had to get off social media cuz I'm like comparing my wedding to everybody else's. Of course everybody's like you got married in Italy. How could you compare? And I'm like I'm just like any other bride. I'm looking yeah. at my picture this could have been better. I'm looking at this as this can have been better. You know, I was really fortunate. You know, I, I sweated for the wedding just a bit, but also for like my mental health and lost about 60 pounds before my wedding. Wow. Um, okay. But because I bought yes. my dress year in advance, I bought the dress for the body I had a year in advance. Okay. I did not buy my dress for the body type that I became by the time I got married. Mm. And so, you know, I had issues with my dress because it was too big and it just needed a fuller figure. It needed a fuller figure, which was good. I'm glad that I didn't, you know, some brides be trying to, you know, size down, trying to look a certain way. I didn't want that. But it also backfired just a bit because I wasn't able to show any of that off just because of the time in advance I had bought my dress. Um, but you know, there's little things here and there for everybody, every little wedding and you feel it bubbling up. And I felt it bubbling up and wanting to, you know, show everybody how beautiful it was and show everybody how good your love is and being like, you know, performative in that way. Like everybody has that anxiety around comparing their wedding, no matter where it is. And so I had to, you know, I had to take everything off, you know, just uh, take myself off social media, ground myself and what really happened because a lot of folks were like, it'll be a blur. It'll go by like a blur and the day of the wedding itself y'all it was the longest day of my life i was so (laughs) 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 after the wedding i'm two weeks into italy i've just been running around i'm so exhausted i don't even know how i was standing up halfway through dinner i was like y'all when is this over (laughs) i was just like ready to go but now weeks later it does feel like a blur i find myself like forgetting certain moments i find it like leaving me and so i'm like even more obsessed about the pictures because i'm just like you know, was this the moment, you know, I need it. So, you know, yeah. trust me, I understand that feeling of being like, wait a second, should I do it all again? Because there are about nine things that I would do differently. Even having a wedding in Italy, there are things that I would a hundred percent do differently. So I was actually going to ask like, and I know actually vendors apparently hate this because they're like, Oh, you're just like, you don't have anything else to do. So all you want to do is nitpick your wedding or whatever, but actually a lot of us realize on the other side, like, dang, I wish I would have done this. Or like, if, you know, kind of in hindsight, I wish I would have done this instead. So yes. not saying you got to list all nine, but like, <laughs> did you have anything in particular where you're just like, okay, if I could go back in time, or if I did redo that as perfect as that moment was, I would have probably done this instead. Yeah, I think there was a lot of vendor tension, I think, just because of both the cultural difference, the language barrier, Mm -hmm. you know, vendors, especially in certain areas, are used to working with a certain set of other vendors, right? It's kind of like its own clique, you know, especially in certain markets, you know, and our photographer's from Dallas, so that's the biggest market you could get for weddings, you know, so she's used to certain amount of vendors, this was different. Um, and so there was timeline issues. I think there were certain things that weren't communicated. The best thing I can say about my planners is I didn't know about any of that. (laughs) I did not know about any of that the day of, but I found out kind of after the fact, you know, there were certain like trying to get set up. There were things that were running late that did end up kind of causing some clashes at certain points of the day. So that part was very difficult because, you know, just the culture really, they move really slow. Like nothing is, I've never seen an Italian person run for anything. They just, whenever you get there, that's when it starts. 
<laughs> they just they just run on that time. So there were definitely some time issues that they weren't stressing, but that stressed out other Americans and, and definitely some of our other vendors who were like trying to move. So I would definitely try to create more of a some figure out some way to like get everybody together sooner, you know, than like the morning of like figure out time we could have all met in Italy and like debriefed or just run through the timeline or run through the spaces one more time. That probably would have been really helpful. My biggest mistake, <laughs> I, I will give this piece of advice because I think people gave it to me and I was like, no, nah, not me. <laughs> um, we thought at the end, because we were trying to save, you're always trying to save money at the end. You're always like penny pinching at the end. You're like, no, we don't need this. So we heard how much it was for our venue to construct our welcome baskets. We were like, all right. They were like, here's the price. I was like, ah. No, I will have my wedding party construct the welcome baskets ourselves when we get there because we're gonna have time to do that, y'all. No welcome baskets. <laughs> 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 and not only that, but they were supposed to have all the food in it because they were going to their villa apartments and we were keeping them there for four days in the middle of nowhere. So they didn't have coffee, they didn't have any bread, any like pasta. We had imagined that we would get all of this stuff when they got there and we did not. And so I am like, you know, there's going to be a piece of each bride that was like, I'm going to have time to do it. I'm going to cut, cut money this way. This is how I'm going to do it. You know what? Just don't. Just, just, don't. <laughs> just don't. Just spend the money. Just spend, just spend the money. There is a, you do get to the point where you're like, you know what? Whatever. You never thought you, I don't even know where the money for our wedding came from. I have no idea. I don't Because <laughs> if you told me we had that much money, I'd be like, we do not have that much money. But somehow, you know, between us, our parents were very gracious. We managed to pull it off. But at that last minute, I was just like, y'all, I'm not paying like $40 for a welcome basket. I'm not doing it. Wish I had done it. Yeah. So I think those were kind of our my my biggest things were like those two things. But I think for the most part, it, it really went off so beautifully. Every nitpick I have is is really nothing. It's the nittiest of nitpicks. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. That's good. How did you fly with your dress? Did you like send it over beforehand? Did you buy a ticket and fly it over? Did you store it? No. So the magic of traveling with the wedding dress was amazing. Um, it was very heavy. So we, we flew from California to New Jersey, which is where my in-laws live because I didn't want to okay. have a layover. I was like, if I'm going to fly with my dress, I can't have a layover. I'm not lugging this in Madrid for like four hours sitting on a seat. That's not going to work. So we, we flew to my in-laws in New Jersey and then flew from there to Italy. Um, and flying to New Jersey, you know, I'm carrying it. I'm all excited. I got the garment bag, you know, we're stuffing it through security. I like secretly had another backpack. So I used it as a check-on bag as like my personal item but then i also had another bag too and then they just put it in the closet because most uh most flights have like a flight attendant closet where they keep all their stuff and so they just asked the flight attendant when we got on like hey this is my wedding dress it very obviously is a wedding dress can you put this in your closet and they were all super gracious to do it and then okay. we left new jersey to go to italy Yo, the TSA was hyped on my dress. I'm like, oh, this is the bride. She's coming through. Let her right through. Y'all move out the way. And I'm like freaking, I'm like, babe, don't touch the, I didn't even want him to touch the dress. I was like, babe, don't even touch the dress. Don't even touch it. You might find out what it is. Just like, you know, so I got two TSA agents putting a giant garment bag through the security um, to get it on. But it was really a lot easier than we thought. And I also had a material for my dress that didn't wrinkle which really helped getting it back. We just tossed it in a suitcase because <laughs> suitcase. Mm -hmm. when I tell you I'm so over this dress, 
I couldn't even, they, there is not enough podcast episodes in the world to talk about what to do with your dress. And I know that there are, but like you, it, I, yeah. you just don't want to spend any more money unless you have like yeah. a sentimental, you know, feeling with your dress or you loved it so much. You're like, I'm going to put this back on and drink wine and watch bachelor with it. Fine. Do you? But for right. me, I was like, can I get rid of this without just throwing it away? <laughs> like, I don't want to literally, I don't want to spend money getting it pressed. I don't want to spend money putting it in a box. I don't want to spend money even shipping it back. I was like, I'm not even going to ship it back. I just uh, decided like earlier last week that I'm going to do a trash, trash the dress shoot with it. Um, just because I just disliked it so much that I'm like, let's just try to get what we can out of this. Um, but flying with it was not a big issue whatsoever. It was super easy. It was annoying because of the bulkiness of it. Um, but other than that, like everybody loves a bride traveling with a, with a dress. Love it. Love it. Love yeah. it. All right. Well, you already kind of gave us some advice, but how do you think your planning process prepared you for marriage? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a really interesting question. I didn't think you were going to ask that. So I haven't thought of it ahead of time. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think. Dealing with our families was very stressful throughout this process. We had a lot of family drama specifically and and on both sides, actually, which was nice because you, know, you don't want to be the one. <laughs> Nobody wants to be the one that's like, it's my side. No, right. we had amounts of crazy on all sides, um, which may or may not have made it you know easier for us to kind of have compassion for the other one when it's like, uh, this drama is going on and I, I don't know what to do. Um, so I think like the planning process really helped us to be on the same side when it came to our families, both seeing how the other one operates with their family and helping them put up really better boundaries, healthier boundaries, you know, so supporting the other one and being able to do that was, was really key. Um, and I think in general, just being able to, <laughs> to help me when I'm freaking out, that sounds like it's, it's one-sided, but like I freaked out so much towards the end and my husband came through at every single point. Um, we had a lot of stuff happen right before we left to Italy that was very emotionally upsetting. And so I had so I had panic attacks going to Italy. I had panic attacks going to our honeymoon. And like every moment that my husband was just like, would take a deep breath with me and be calm and reassure me that everything was okay. Like it meant everything to me. Like I couldn't have done it without him. So it was, it was, I think those were the parts where I felt like, all right, we're ready for marriage because we are, we are really able to be there for one another in stressful times and also encourage each other in the areas that were, we still need to grow. And there are a lot, trust me, there are, there are a lot, you know, life does and does not change after marriage. Um, I think we're a better team. For sure. We're like a more cohesive unit, but the stuff that happens before wedding doesn't go anywhere. And that probably would be my biggest piece of advice, to be honest would be like everything that happens to you during the wedding pr process that you stuff down because you're like, I can't deal with it. I got a wedding. I'm going to have to deal with it later. Y'all, the wedding ends and that stuff comes right back up. Um, and that was a really hard emotional process for me. Like I didn't have post-wedding blues necessarily, but it was like life just came right back at me and hit me in the face. And I was like, oh yeah, right. All this stuff that I've been pushing away for months because I've been busying myself with the wedding is now here for me to deal with like, I got to snap out of this wedding stuff like quick so that I can just like go on with my life. Um, so I think the biggest advice would be like, try not try to process other things while you're doing your wedding planning, try to dole it out. Cause if you just wait to process everything until after, 
after, it feels like a wave because you're also processing just the wedding, catching up with your significant other on like conversations that were had, just processing being with your family and those feelings that come up from being with them in that intimate setting, like all of that happens. So, you know, deal with your shit (laughs) as appropriate. And then you'll you'll be good after the wedding for sure. Did y'all take a honeymoon after after the wedding we did we went to cancun um we did a resort which was really fun we left right after like we left we left our venue on saturday we had a friday wedding because we wanted people to be able to get back home for monday so we were like let's not have a saturday then people will not even get close to home on monday so we we had it on friday and then we left for mexico on sunday and got there like that day and we were so exhausted and so jet lagged, but we loved that we did it at a resort because we didn't have to think of anything anymore. It just like took yeah. everything. We were, and we were wondering, cause like, you know, every couple has their thing, right? Some people are cruise people. Some people are, mm-hmm. you know, adventure people. We're resort people now we realize because <laughs> I like not having to think about everything. I love right. having everybody, you know, cater to me. We went during Mexican independence day, which we didn't know when we booked Mm. it but it was huge like the resort decked itself out and everybody was having a good time and barbecue and so i it was a very nice it was a week long a very nice honeymoon we got to be unjet lagged i have no idea i didn't know days of the week for a long time after that but it was it was really fun um rather than staying in italy which we knew we would have been too jet lagged coming home because y'all i'm telling you those pto days are few and far between we were we we Mm -hmm. we negative on those pto days yeah i was wondering because yeah. you said you were in italy before the wedding so i was like Ooh, yeah we were remote yeah we were gone for three weeks so we had saved up our vacation time for like the whole everything to, wow. to take the wow. whole three weeks the week before the wedding we were in italy then the week of the wedding and then mexico for the week after so it was i think you know financially we we managed you know pretty well but those pto days i know a lot of people don't have that much time and that would be the one thing you know i would definitely check out if you're thinking about a european destination wedding because all the time zone changes you really want to be out there a, a few days to a week in advance to make sure everything is good so i would definitely say if you if you don't have a very flexible remote or pto time Maybe, maybe you do do the Mexico. Right. <laughs> maybe you do because you know I know yeah. everybody's falling like that. But it was worth it. Was worth it every day that we spent, every penny that we spent. It was worth it. Yeah, because it sounded like y'all needed that vacation, like mm-hmm. vacation away from the planning and away from being in Italy. You know, so and not just being on anymore. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. we were first there his family was there greeting us and so we were doing fam- you know you know how it is you know because yeah. Italians a lot like black families there's aunties here you're just going from place to place you don't even know who's coming in whose house like oh you're here who how'd you know we were here you know just coming in and out so with that first week was just it was like wedding prep it was just like an additional thing um and so yeah we were really I, I don't even, I, there are parts of it where I was like, I don't even know how I was standing. I was like barely sleeping, barely eating. It was the most stressful thing I've ever done in my entire life ever. It made me think so much about kids. Cause I'm like, wait, people do stuff that's this stressful, but then also physically their body hurts. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't, <laughs> we need to, we need to reevaluate. <laughs> you know like, if you can do that, you can do that too. You know, exactly. so. <laughs> So stressful, but yeah, I mean, I think 
I think for sure the extra week of that honeymoon was so needed. I do not think I would have been a sane person had I just had to come back and go right to work. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that was my last question. So I guess we're going to move into the wedding vendor love. So please tell us, please shout out who you absolutely loved during this whole wedding planning process. I I mean, I absolutely loved all of our vendors at the end of the day because they all let me freak out on them at least once during this process. Um, but our photographer, Mimi Crawford, who's at Mimi Urbane Photo on Instagram and Facebook. Um, she was amazing. She's absolutely fantastic. I could not recommend her enough. Um, she will easily become your best friend during this process, which was so needed because, you know, a lot of people say that their planners become super close to them and our planners were not super close to me, but Mimi was there every step of the way. And I think one of my favorite memories of her being at our wedding was actually picking her up in Florence. We had a three course meal and some wine and just talked about our lives. Um, that's the kind of person she is just warm hearted, a true Texas girl in and out. So that's Mimi Crawford, M E M E C R A W F O R D. Um, and she's at Mimi Urbane spelled U R B A N E photo on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, and I need to shout out. I absolutely need to shout out my makeup artist. I like, I can't not Melinda Grant. She's at Melinda bridal on Instagram and Facebook. She's amazing. And like I said, her energy coming in and just settling everything for me while I had that like three hours of prep time. Like I will be talking about that for the rest of my life because it just meant so much to me to be in that like calming energy before the big day. And this is going to help somebody else out because really they're is. going to, if they don't even have their wedding, they may have a photo shoot or they may do something out there where they need somebody that they can actually trust to get their feet together. So Chelsea, you're, you are probably helping people way more than you actually realize. <laughs> you are, you are. Cause honestly, you know, like you said earlier in the conversation, you know, like you, like you hear Italy and you're thinking, okay, that's like, oh, you got money, money, you know, mm -hmm. oh, you about to, you know, do it up. But to know that this is actually affordable and to know that like, right. you know, that we can definitely do this as well. Um, you know, it may take you some time to find your vendors, but because you did it, because you like gave us the blueprint, like other people can actually follow that as well. And so thank you. Thank you. I thank you. Yeah, I would strongly recommend anybody who's thinking about destination wedding, anybody who's thinking about a European wedding as a as a black woman, black man, black, whatever you feel you want to identify as it, it, it was life changing for me, for our guests. It meant so much. I think that everybody deserves to have a wedding that they remember. And I think whatever you decide or wherever you decide to have it, you'll have that. But it's 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 really it's a surreal feeling to be a part of someone's dream of just something they've wanted to do for a lifetime. Right. And it takes, mm -hmm. it just really takes your, you out of it because weddings can be so much about, you know, like other people and stuff. And it's like, honestly, like, let it be, let it be. I'm going to have a good vacation. Let it be about them. My love story doesn't start and end here. So why not just like have some people in our lives that we love take a good vacation with us? Cause it's so hard to connect with people. And after COVID, it was the only thing that our families wanted to do was connect with one another and connect with us. So I'm, I'm really glad that we did that. And I really hope other brides feel like they can do it too. And, and, and have a good, 
opportunity to see themselves represented in these beautiful destinations around the world because there are so many. Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? I'm shouting out a wedding planner based in Baltimore. Her name is Tiffany Nicole and her event company or wedding planning company is called Tiffany Nicole Weddings. Now, Tiffany and Nicole are not spelled your standard Tiffany nor Nicole way. So (laughs) just FYI, if you're trying to look her up, her name is T-I-F-P-H-A-N-Y N-I-C-H-O-L Weddings, W-E-D-D-I-N-G-S. That's how you can find her um, if you type that in. Tiffany Nicole is her Instagram and her website is TiffanyNicole.com. So really great work, really, really talented planner with years of experience. She knows her stuff. She's been doing this for almost five years now. So definitely, again, if you're in the area and in need of a wedding planner or even coordinator or partial planner, look up Tiffany. Who are you shouting out, Tania? Yes. And so this week, y'all know I like to go outside of the box. And so this week I'm shouting out an Atlanta massage therapist. Now, she's not just any massage therapist. She is a luxury mobile massage therapist. Why am I shouting her out? Because she actually does girls night, you know, massages. So they will come out. um, If you want a girls night out, you have a bachelorette party that you're throwing and you want everyone to have massages. Please look up Monroe Massages and that's M-O-N-R-O-E-M-A-S-S-A-G-E. You can also find them at MonroeMassages.com. And like I said, they travel, they come to you, and they give you the whole experience. And when I tell you that the prices are reasonable, they truly are. And her reviews are all five stars. And it's Black-owned. So if you need a massage or if you want, you know, you and your fiancé, your husband, Um, You and your girls need a massage. Definitely look them up. You will not be disappointed. Well, before we let you go, if people want to find you, follow you, know more, where should they go? Well, you can find me on my couch watching Love Island for the next few weeks. (laughs) But if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Run. That's S-E-E-C-H-E-L-S-R-U-N. Perfect. Perfect. And... Do you have anything else for the people or are you good? <laughs> I think we've covered a lot. I think we covered a lot. I'm so excited for we those who just gotten engaged. I really hope folks listening to this podcast, like you utilize it. Cause I listened to your guys' podcast while, you know, planning. It really helped me a lot. It really helped me to hear different perspectives and different black voices um, that, you know, supplemented all the other wedding stuff that was coming at me, which is, it is very white, even still with all the stuff that's been happening over the last few years, it is very white. And that can really affect you um, in ways that you do not expect. So you know, cheers to you guys. Thank you so much for creating this podcast and doing what you do. Uh, I really appreciate you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. If you ever wanted to find anyone that has ever been shouted out on this show and all 300 plus wedding vendors that have been shouted out, which is a wild to even think of, but you will be able to find them on find.huidu.com. So if you don't remember what we said, or you're listening to an episode later 
and you want to look that person up, or maybe you don't remember how to spell their name or what have you, you can always go there and easily find them. So just a little mental note. But Tania, where can people find us? You can find us on whoido.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok. And you can find Ashley at Demi Tosh on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Bell Sari on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again. We'll be back. See y'all next week. <laughs>